Hey you. Hello. Episode 25. <laughs> it's 25. Is that a silver? Is that a silver anniversary? Oh, I have no idea. When you've been married for 25 years, that's your, yeah, that's your silver wedding anniversary, isn't it? That's silver. And then gold is 50. I don't know. You're asking me like I know. I think. I cannot I think. confirm. I think well, it's Well, we'll sucked. just go with what you said. I can't really say here or there, so I'm just going to you. It's silver. <laughs> it's our, our silver anniversary. Silver anniversary. Ah. Congratulations. I know. Congratulations, my love. Another accent slipping out there. Um, (laughs) How's your week been before we let our amazing new guest into the room? Uh, My week has been, it's been, um, what's it been? So, what Mm -hmm. have I been done? Do you know what? I can't even tell you. It's been super boring because I'm just trying to, no, it hasn't. (gasps) Oh my goodness. How could I have forgotten about this? Right. So it was super boring apart from this one thing. We had, because of um, uh, Rishi Sunak and the Conservatives are going on and like just making life not worth living in this country, mm-hmm. um, we had a wood burner put into our house so that oh, we wow. now can save, hopefully, a ton of money by burning wood and not putting on our central heating as much. So, Do you um, know what? That's so weird. I was thinking of this the other day because we've got a fireplace and I was like, well, can't we just put in a wood burner or whatever? And everyone looked at me like I was mad. <laughs> have you? Okay, well, I guess it's a bit too cold to have used it yet. Listen. Or have you? Too too, too cold, too warm to have used I it. I mean, too warm. No, no, you would think that. But no, it, we've at night, it gets really cold. The temperature drops quite significantly in the evening. So we mm. put it on. We were able to put it on for the first time last night. It was so toasty. It was so nice. Was it? it was so nice. However, for the first, I think for the first couple of days, or the first few times you use it, it does give off um, some kind of fumes. So we had to leave all the doors open and everything to let all the bad stuff mm. come out. Um, it's like when you buy an oven for the first time, you know, when you use it, it smells a bit funny. And then when you mm. use it after that, it's fine. Well, so... Um, yeah, looking forward to being able to use that a lot more during the winter months and all sitting as a family around the fire and like just nice. chatting about how our day's been and stuff. It's going to be cool. That is so cosy. So how does it... Okay, but before we move on, obviously, I'm I'm very intrigued. <laughs> does it... Um, How do you get all the rest of the rooms warm? Is it not just the, the room that it's in? So what we could have done is if you're like loaded... You can get one of these massive ones, which can heat your whole house, but the, you need to leave all your doors open. So we've got ours in our like kitchen family room area, mm-hmm. and we usually shut the door because like, we're loud. And if you're in another room, you don't want to really hear what else is going on. So <laughs> we are probably going to have to put another one in the front room, and then we can leave that door open and let the heat go upstairs. But I'm hoping once we've done that, then they'll be powerful enough to heat hmm. the whole house effectively. Nice. And okay, not, well, whatever. Well, it's still saving money. I like it. Exactly. I like it a lot. Exactly. Castle. <laughs> Keep us updated. Keep us updated. I will do. I will do. Women Who Rebrand, the podcast. Honest and humorous conversations about the transitional phases people experience to grow, start over, or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olalei and features special guests who are professional rebranders. The podcast covers starting over at different stages of life, championing personal growth, aka a personal rebrand. So this week, our guest, Carly Musa. Now, I met Carly Musa back in the day when I was blogging. You've met, right? Yeah, yeah, I've met Carly, lovely, bubbly Carly, um, back in the day as well, yeah, before COVID. With you, I think, the time I met her, I was with you. Oh, really? At some event somewhere, and she was talking, her and her husband were talking about their their company. Uh. Yes, their business. I was going to say new business, but it's not new anymore. No way. Then keep them quiet. Keep them quiet. Now it's one of those things. You're like, when she was telling me about it, I was like, 
surely this exists and it doesn't so why is that <laughs> so they um she cre- co-created a company called keeping quiet with her husband entertainment packs for kids so basically it's like a little pack that you get lots of little things for your kids to play with like when you're out and about keep mm-hmm. them quiet exactly. Who keep them quiet exactly and um yeah we've had them and they're actually really cute took them mm-hmm. on the plane mm-hmm. um yeah so carly is the co-founder of that um so we're going to speak to her about um co-founding business mm-hmm. but also being do- diagnosed with breast cancer so yeah. this episode we're going to be teaching well not teaching i'm not going to be teaching i'm going to be listening um <laughs> informing our guests about breast cancer yeah have you been um impacted by um cancer at Uh, any point um friends relatives yourself yeah yeah i think we'd be hard pressed to find anyone who hasn't at this point in time but yeah i um my husband's mum had breast cancer oh wow unfortunately she lost her life to it um oh no yeah so that was about 20 odd years ago now that she passed away but it was totally i think even at that time probably preventable unfortunately due to whatever reason people not um wanted to challenge doctors when they know something's wrong and the doctors say no no you're right um things happened and um yes as i said unfortunately led to her passing but um so yeah breast cancer is something that i have had um contact with knowledge about for quite quite a long time um Mm. and i i thought that back in the day i thought it was just something that affected older people but Mm. again unfortunately we're hearing more and more about younger people who are being diagnosed and some being lucky enough to survive it and others not being that lucky. So it's, I, I just, I'm so confused that it's still a thing to be quite honest. So confused. Yeah, it just, it does seem like something that happened back in the day that we should all know about and should be a cure for. I'm just mm. really like you, it's like, well, why isn't there a cure? It seems like... Yeah, I don't know with all yeah. the modern science and stuff that we have. Um, I had a friend um, that I used to hang out with. We went to the same, well, went to the same uni ish. We went to the same area. Went both went to Manchester. She went to Salford. I went to Manchester, and um, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And I think in those days, which still irritates me now, it's like you can get smears which will show you um, signs of ovarian cancer, but they say that you have to be of a certain age. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she was in her, it was in her early 20s that mm-hmm. she um, had ovarian cancer. Unfortunately, she passed as well. So again, I think it could have been avoided mm-hmm. if women were allowed to have those early smears mm. um to detect these things but yeah this is where we are i guess it's down to budgets that ugly word <sighs> yeah but yeah, yeah definitely it is unfortunate but i think we should hear more from carly about this because i really i don't really know much about it to be honest i've only seen what i've seen like online or on tv yeah yeah and yeah, you're right, actually, because I don't know about you, but I've done the um, the breast cancer research race for life. Have you done that? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. My, not with these knees, babe. Not with these knees. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. I will happily I support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've done that and I've I've raised money for other charities. And I, I kind of know a bit about it, but you're right. I don't mm. know as much as I probably should. So it would be good to actually okay. speak to well, Carly. let her in. I'm going to press that button, welcome her into the studio, remote studio that we are in. Oh, we can there see she is. Hi. Hey, Carly. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And I must say, okay. I was expecting 
you to be curly carly today I know. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. So. Curls are hard work, yeah, though. Like really, are. really. Yeah, yeah. I learned the whole curly girl method as my hair was coming back, and you know, I really did love kind of embracing the curls. But now it's got a bit of length to it again. It's I, I'm mixing it up, yeah, mixing it up. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. It looks good. It's fun to mix it up. That's the thing when you've got curly hair. It's just like, well, we can actually do both. So Yeah, you both so look amazing. Jealous. Loving the straight hair, oh, loving the curls. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Carly. Um, oh, we it's such an honour. Talking to our, we were just telling our audience that we remember meeting you back in the day when we were all kind of like blogger, influencer type of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that, and now your world gone by. Yeah, and now your co-founder of this amazing business called Keep um, Quiet. And I was saying to see, I was like at the time because we were like, yeah, you got a new business. I was like, yeah, 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 cool. Um, sounds amazing, but. Number one, why does it not exist already? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't. And it's like you just no, it didn't. went in there and it's like, wow. Meanwhile, I'm scratching I my know. head saying, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> well, you know what? I'll yeah. be honest. I, I, I think of things and we had our newborn and I kind of said like, oh, my God, I just went to all the shops and I was picking things up from everywhere. And the last thing I needed to do with two and a half year old and a baby was that so once we yeah. got to Spain and I said it it was my husband I mean he's kind of you know the brains behind it because he actually carried it through I'm okay. there kind of going oh that would be good or that would be good or you know that would make my life easier I've got no idea how to like execute something though so but amazing. yeah it was amazing and he was transitioning from jobs and um, okay that had closed not that long before okay um, our little girl came came was born so I think he was very much really keen to go into um e-commerce and it just kind of I guess the stars aligned mm. right amazing we did um give you a little intro before you came in but would you be able to just explain Carly who you are to our lovely audience I am Carly and um so as you said co-founder of Keeping Quiet before we came up Keeping Quiet I used to be a talent agent in kind of a life gone by um coming nearly 10 years uh having kids careers kind of changed and I went a lot more part-time so we kind of launched keeping quiet whilst I was working for a charity um I left the charity and pretty soon after leaving to work more with keeping quiet because it was kind of really taking off my older sister was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and then five months after that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So oh. career-wise, it's very much changed. Then there was a pandemic. There was homeschooling. There was, you know. So I think in that time, um, I started to kind of, I mean, we already had connected with each other through Instagram. But I guess what I was posting about changed. And I started to talk a lot more about um, breast cancer and going through that and kind of the shift in perspective I had. And then at the start of this year, I um, trained as a wellness coach. So things have really kind of evolved. I guess naturally, life gives you lemons, right? There's that mm -hmm. phrase, you kind of <laughs> make lemonade and you never know really how things will change. So um, yeah, now I think I've, I've written in my bio, writer, I do write. Writing something that I've always loved to do. Um, if you'd asked little Carly what she wanted to be when she grew up, it would have been a writer. Mm. Fear kicked in. Before my diagnosis, I was working with the most amazing life coach, and my goal was to write a book. And that was before even I was diagnosed, but I was so scared of it. I was so scared of even, like, saying these words out loud, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So now I would say, yeah, co-founder of Keeping Quiet and writer. Wow. Why not, exactly. right? Why not, indeed. Exactly. You've got to do yeah. these things, face the fear and just jump into it. Yes. Gosh. Yeah, I start, I actually started, um, I coined a phrase during treatment. I kind of wrote it in one of my posts once. And I was like, oh, I love that. I'm holding <laughs> on to that. And it was less fear, more fierce. Mm. And I think that we all kind of could do with that. Less fear, more fierce. Have you got a t-shirt I was gonna say. I was thinking I need I one. I need one, but yeah, I, again, I don't know how to execute this stuff. I don't know. How <laughs> I have all the ideas. You just delegate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, you can help me because you've got amazing t-shirts. So you know, <laughs> like, I want this. 
I want this. <laughs> yeah. Pink and sparkly, please. I see it. I'm going to wear exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yes. Love that. Amazing. Love that. So you were saying that um, in the past three years, your life's changed and you've now become a writer you've got that in your bio it's it's who you are you're you're now doing um, the wellness coaching you've got all these fantastic yeah. things you've you've beaten the cancer as well and yeah <laughs> um, but I, I guess it would be so lots of great things have come out of it but it would be really interesting to understand what um the most challenging thing for you has been now that your life revolves so much around this illness that took Mm -hmm. so much from you and has completely changed your life. I guess it's the thing. A a lot of my friends, my good friends have said like, actually more recently than when you're in the thick of it, you know, does it impact you doing so much with breast cancer still like um, in the community I've connected with so many people. And I would say that in terms of a challenge, Yes, it does come with challenges. I'm, I'm immersed in a world where there's a lot of a lot of trauma being shared, a lot of grief. You know, it's cancer. Not everyone does get the results that I've had. Um, but at, on the flip side, and I guess more importantly, is I was advocating for breast cancer before I was diagnosed. My mum died of breast cancer. Her mum died of breast cancer. Wow. So uh, for me raising awareness of breast cancer kind of was already I guess in my blood before I was diagnosed mm-hmm. um my diagnosis kind of I don't even know by some weird twist of fate um has come about from my dad's side of the family because he carries the BRCA1 gene mutation oh. and the cancer that I was diagnosed with the type of breast cancer is very closely linked with that and that's kind of when um how my older sister also got ovarian cancer and we were diagnosed kind of back to back but in terms of talking about breast cancer, like it does, it, you know, if I try and write the word best in my phone, it comes up breast. It's just, mm. it, it's a natural thing. And I don't think I will ever stop talking about it now because so much of of who I am is to do with that. My experiences, losing my mum to it, coming through it, how it's changed, how I view life, how I want to live moving forward. So I think as much as maybe the challenges do are there and it can be quite a hard space especially when I'm feeling vulnerable to continue to share and to continue to connect with people because I actually feel I get worried about spreading fear because I think people follow me now you know they get told or follow Carly if you've got a diagnosis so I get friends always telling their friends to follow me so you almost feel like there's a care of duty there to be like you're going to be okay but the truth is you are going to be okay but you're also going to have to navigate it's it, it can be tricky after mm. cancer as well so those can be i guess the challenges but um the the pros outweigh it and i am so so um kind of grateful to being in an, a community that have held me so much through it as well and even continue to and get you know get it because if you have experience with something then you know you can share that with each other mm, right yeah and that's why I love watching your posts and um, reels, etc. Because it's just about you're coming with experience and you are sharing your experiences, but for good. And I think that's so important because, again, I was saying to see as much as I've been affected by cancer, not personally, but friends, family members who unfortunately didn't make it i still don't really understand it it's like we're like how does it still exist why is there not a cure mm. it's like it, exactly uh, we're in 2022 but there, there's not really much that i actually know it's like you hear about how to check um like you said the BRCA gene i have no idea what that is it's like i know there's certain genes that you can pass down but there's just mm. so much to know and so much we don't know because Mm. I guess, well, up until now, there wasn't influencers talking about it. There wasn't much yeah. on the news. It was just like, well, such and such has got cancer and that's about it. So I am grateful for people like you because it's like a breath of fresh air experience and you're sharing your story so openly as well. Mm. Like we've seen good times, we've seen your hard times and your struggles. So it's been amazing to see you just grow and blossom and 
I don't know, just Thank come you. back to the Carly that I tend to yeah. Carly, but even stronger. I, I think know. there's a difference well, I yeah. can see. There's like, yeah, you're not the same Carly, obviously, but yeah. But we're always growing, right? Yes. Everything, every everything about our life experience, we, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be humans if we weren't growing. That's just part of it. So I think we do evolve and sometimes you'll get, you'll be sped along that journey by a trauma yeah. by something happening to you um you know I feel like there's been various bits of that throughout my life but um but it's all part of who we have to be so you know that's my view on it yeah. I think it all has to happen and it does and you kind of take the lessons you need from everything and yeah, yeah. just keep changing yeah. <laughs> just keep evolving so you mentioned that you've got the BRCA gene which came from your dad's side yeah. um again you were saying yeah. it was unexpected because obviously your mum had mm. it um and your sister had ovarian cancer um yeah. what actually prompted you to get tested and know that you had the gene so um I think it was so interesting what you just said about not really knowing about the BRCA1 gene mutation and that we kind of, that is the most amazing thing about social media is it can educate people because for me, I, I did know about it before I found out I had it. It's quite prevalent in, in the Ashkenazi Jewish community and my dad is in Ash, of Ashkenazi Jewish heritage, but it's also very prevalent in African um women and men so in terms of this talk I think it's like really important to spread that awareness that this BRCA1 gene mutation and potentially BRCA2 I really I don't know enough about the kind of facts and figures of of the gene but I do know that for a fact because when I've written about triple negative it's very triple negative breast cancer it's um I think in those communities of people it's very high it's the it's the one that you're you're likely to get because of this gene mutation so three years before my diagnosis and with the history of my mum and her mum, I, I should add in here that my older sister um, who has ovarian cancer, we don't share the same mum. So right. the breast cancer history on my mum's side was nothing to do with her ovarian cancer diagnosis. Okay. But three years before, because of my friends, um, you know, also being aware of the gene mutation in the community, they were just saying, like, please just go and go and check it out and go and speak to your GP and talk about your your family history of breast cancer. And I did three years before my diagnosis. I went and I and I filled out loads of forms and they said, you don't have enough young breast and ovarian cancer to warrant um, testing you. And I kind of walked away being like, great. I ticked the box of my worried friends and my you know husband who were pushing me to get tested but the doctors don't think I need testing so off I go like merry you know on my merry way type thing um and I kind of always said I really don't think my mum and her mum had it because they got it in their 50s and with BRCA you get it much younger oh so I kind of had that in my head too I was like if breast cancer is going to be a thing it might happen when I'm later on it later on in life um and then my sister got ovarian cancer and because she got that uh, diagnosis at 43 she was tested for the gene mutation and found out she had it. So it kind of all went from there. So we found out that she carried the gene mutation in August 2019. I remember she called me on holiday and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in life, right? But in my head, I have two little kids and I always thought maybe I'd have a third. And I just remember crying on the phone to my husband being like, you know, if I've got it, then it, it opens up this thing. If you if you carry the gene mutation, your chances of getting ovarian and breast cancer are so much higher that it's there's a lot of conversations to be had around preventative surgeries. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I always knew I'm going to test for the gene, but breast cancer basically came and wow. you know entered was already in my body actually at that point, right. and I just got diagnosed a few months later. So I didn't get round to to testing before finding it. Right, right. But um, as soon as I was diagnosed, it just becomes part of the protocol. Right. If, you know, because my sister had it, they, it was pretty certain as soon as I was diagnosed, I was going to carry the gene mutation as well because I was only 37. So, and that's relatively young mm. in terms of, you know, having, carrying it. So, yeah, so it carries some quite big um, consequences. There's a 50 50 chance that I'll have passed the gene mutation 
to my children. So we all ca- we all have the BRCA1 gene. So that's why I keep wording it as saying the gene mutation right. because everyone okay. carries these genes. Okay. And it's the fact that I carry the gene in a way that's uh, mutated, which means that I'm more likely to get the type 2 cancers okay. set. Okay. Um, so in January, I had my ovaries out, uh, and that was as a preventative. So now there's, you know, no more babies. It's kind of, yeah, onwards to menopausal life, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make it fun, Carly. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. You know what? <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, my brother walked in the other day and I was I found one of my mum's old cowboy hats. She had quite like out there dress sense and he walked in, he was like, It's not far before I really see you like, you know, owning that look and I'm a bit like, Yeah, I'm in the menopause now. Like this kind of thing. This can happen, right? Like you just kind of like it's it's kind of like I don't know if we can swear, but yeah, nowhere yeah, given. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just yeah. So the thing you know, is you can no excuses now. I'm menopausal, anything goes. You could definitely rock a cowboy hat. I see it. I pause it. Yeah. So. It was more I think he walked in and I was just wearing it on the computer. <laughs> he was like, yeah, Oh, Okay, it's wearing a cowboy we're, hat. We're just looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Join the Women Who Rebrand community on Instagram. We'll share episode reminders, behind the scenes footage, conversations about episode topics from other creatives, and more. Join the conversation at Women Rebranded. You did the screening, but you did it for your mum's side, and it came back as there was no mutation no they didn't even I didn't have enough cancer to warrant being tested so this is the problem so there is um basically the NHS is incredible we you know we know that but in terms of that screening had they said on that day we'll test you for bracket for the for the gene mutation I would have found it I would have then been screened way more regularly for for breast cancer I would have had ovaries checked my family would have had the option to also be screened for the gene um and potentially my sister wouldn't have had been diagnosed with late stage ovarian cancer so a lot would have changed in that moment but I do understand why they didn't think there was a lot of young cancer in my family because if my dad carried the gene he's got two brothers two brothers and a sister growing up with men, it doesn't. It, 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 I think it increases their rate of getting prostate cancer a bit, but not but marginally. So, if no women, if if the gene had carried through from his dad, for instance, mm-hmm. then it makes sense why there was no, none of this ovarian breast cancer in that side of the family mm-hmm. yet, because maybe his sister doesn't have it, mm-hmm. you know. And and again, the men. So it just was it was missed. And in terms of looking on like a family tree we didn't have a lot of young cancer Mm. at that Mm. point so it kind of just happened as it did but um I do wish in a way that anyone could get screened if they want to and I don't know how that's changed now kind of five years down the line I think I saw something the other day where they might be able to like give a saliva test for breast cancer so things are always advancing and potentially gene testing will become more more mainstream and that would be incredible because I think it was the Eva pill that posted something saying like it would cut cancer diagnosis down so much if if there was more screening available to find out if you carry these mutations. And it links into something that we were talking about Sarita and I before you joined us around um, the, the whole lack of screening but also around pushing back on doctors when you feel like you're not being listened to because yeah yeah um in my case my husband's mum had breast cancer and and she was told she would she went to her gp um presenting some symptoms and and she was told after a little cursory check don't worry about it it's fine come to find it was actually breast cancer and then by the time it was diagnosed it was too late to do anything about it so there's all of these um, she's not the only person who's got that story I'm, I'm 100% no but this is but this is a big problem right. that is the point she's not the only person but you know because I'm in the community I hear this a lot yeah especially with young people mm-hmm. that are don't fit necessarily the typical bill and maybe don't 
because also I know young people in their 20s who've been diagnosed with breast cancer with no family history and no gene mutation, but they're still being diagnosed. And I think that's where there needs to be a massive shift maybe. And it's not, I, there's no blame to point. I guess it's that if you go with certain symptoms and you're, you're not the typical case, yeah. maybe they do think, oh, your tummy issues might be just IBS or whatever it is. And then things are missed, right? And now they've got a huge after COVID, there's like a cancer kind of, it's it's yeah. terrible what's going on because people are behind on all their screenings, you know, across uh, the board. But um, that's really hard when that happens though, because I didn't have that experience. For me, if anything, I did obviously have the, being told not to have the, the gene mm -hmm. check. But when I found, because I found a, um, a swelling under my armpit that hurt and of all places on a chemo ward with my sister. So the very day I found it, a nurse felt it and said, oh, go to the GP. I went that day and because of history and because it was like rushed through and nothing was wow, missed, wow. even though my breast surgeon, when he saw the ultrasound, was like, I'm pretty sure what's come up on it is just going to be a cyst. So it looked like a cyst. They still investigated mm. so I was really really lucky that I wasn't kind of fogged mm. off because of the red flags of family history and the BRCA1 gene mutation so yeah it's um but I hear it all the time and it's really I don't I don't have the answers I don't know what it is other than I guess if you think something's wrong with you to really continuously push until maybe someone does give you the scan that you you know mm. to put your mind yeah. at ease because maybe if your mother-in-law had had a scan at the time of going to the doctor it would have been a different story yeah, exactly and i think that's the the message isn't it just just push it's so much better yeah. for you even if there is nothing wrong even if it comes back and and it's all clear and and there's not a problem yeah. at least you've set your mind at, at rest and 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 if there is something there you've, you've potentially caught it early enough to be able to do something about it so it's a win-win whatever way i am such a huge fan now with the new the new carly of being that you know way trickier and pushier and pushing because i have a screenshot of a text message i sent my older sister when i was waiting to have my scan and it's and the exact words were i feel like i'm wasting everyone's time i literally thought like there was no lump to feel in my breast i had this swelling under my armpit that hurt that i thought was just going to be like an infected i don't know maybe i just got an infection or you know anything like that that was the way my mind was thinking and it wasn't so and I always say like you're not wasting their mm. time I think if anything doctors must be so happy to tell people it's come back clear yeah. like you're okay as opposed to the other way around so, so I think true. it's that yeah it's definitely like a culture of like as you said not wasting people's time and they're doctors so they know better than us so if they're giving us information saying no it's yeah. fine go away it's nothing it'll be fine it's like well okay because the doctor who knows better than me said okay yeah but yeah as I'm hearing more stories and just being older I've got IBS and it just went undiagnosed for about 10 years just because I was just being told yeah well you know you could just have stomachache it could just be something it could be something and it just got so much worse so for 10 years you were yeah, suffering yeah yeah but again it was that thing of well I trust the doctors they know better than me so yeah now I'm just like you know what the smallest thing I'm going to the doctors <laughs> the GP <laughs> oh, absolutely you do you have to most definitely and they don't and my doctor who I would you know rave about and think he is the most incredible man he did still look at my ultrasound scan and say I don't think this is going to be cancer mm. so they are just humans exactly. yes who yeah. don't you know have I guess you know I learned from books mm -hmm. and learned from cases but everyone is different right. so I think it's that thing of I hear a lot of people saying as well like you know yourself better than anyone else and if something is not feeling right then just push 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 until you have a clear answer 100%. definitely have to be your own advocate most definitely yes so knowing all of that and going back in time and old carly did listen in the end what advice would you give to someone who has a family member um with either breast cancer or ovarian cancer um what what advice would you say to them to get the screening to get tested um i mean i again i, I guess i would say like push i I wish I had. Um, I also kind of am annoyed because I think there are, I, I know people who have 
screened privately and it isn't that much like it's a lot of money but it's not like what I thought it was going to be like thousands of pounds there are things out there where if NHS maybe won't do it and you really want to have the answers I think there are other options so yeah I guess it's just like look into it and if if you really do want to know if you carry these gene mutations then just go and find out basically um because it will say it will save your life it really will like i can't get ovarian cancer now i don't have ovaries so that eradicates that huge you know statistic yeah. i won't i won't yeah. get it and and it's men and women that can be affected right so yeah we're not yeah. just talking exclusively to women here we're talking to everybody does it manifest in yeah. the same way in men as it does in women the breast yes, cancer yes. or breast cancer um no so i think I, I actually just a week ago um i was doing something for a breast cancer charity and a, a man who'd had breast cancer was um was involved as well and um i think he had just he he was explaining how he found a lump so i think the symptoms would be the same and i think it's important to know that it's not always a lump like and i think the general thing people think is with breast cancer pea-sized lump well I couldn't feel any lump by hand whatsoever and no doctor could it was so it was so deep into my mm. breast that it was really the swelling in my armpit that was the first symptom that I was you know was able to kind of act on and, and investigate um I've got a list of what we are oh, yes. as if yeah. by magic you knew what we were going to yeah. go to next well, to be honest, I can't trust my menopausal brain. Like, the memory isn't. And that's, like, chemo as well and all of it. So my memory's not amazing, but I didn't want to miss anything that people should look yeah. for. Um, and this is from Copperfield, which are a great charity. Perfect. And I, um, I'm doing a trek with them in November to raise money. But um, wow. So firstly, it's the whole thing is looking and feeling. Like, that's the most important thing. Sometimes you can you can spot breast cancer signs and symptoms just by looking. It doesn't have to be by feeling. So you're going to look for any changes in your skin texture. I'll never forget my mum showing me. She kind of bent down and her breast, where she had breast cancer, it kind of puckered inwards. Mm -hmm. And that was one of her symptoms. Um, look at, at the nipples for unusual discharge or if they kind of invert inwards and that's not your usual it needs to be added that it's anything that's not your usual so it's you know some people might have nipples that do that mm. anyway um so you're looking for any changes um you're looking for swelling in your armpit which is what i had or around your collarbone so you have breast tissue like all the way up to your collarbone and under your armpits oh, wow all the way up here um, yeah okay. yeah this that. is so even though i've had a double mastectomy and I in theory don't have any breast tissue I still when I see my oncologist he checks all around here right. because this is still um and yeah you're looking for a sudden change in size or shape um so not again not your usual women would have changes around the time of mm -hmm. their period it's not that it's something else it's different and a rash or crusting of the nipple area or the surrounding area and then you're feeling for lumps and thickening or constant unusual pain in your breast or armpit. That right. is just for primary breast cancer, um, which is what I was diagnosed with. Secondary breast cancer, which some people, I, I hate to say it, if you don't catch it early, then their diagnosis is called de novo. It's like straight to secondary. And you're, I think the main thing here to say without scaring anyone is just knowing your body. Mm. So if you've got an unusual lot, anything, even now my oncologist says in terms of kind of, being aware of any secondary symptoms or re reoccurrence. It's anything that lasts for longer than two to three weeks. So they'll say, you know, have you got any new aches and pains or coughs? And it's all that stuff I think right. that people know is just keep an eye on your health. And if anything changes and continues for longer than three weeks, then see your GP. Okay. Right. okay. So when you say set, um, stage two, so is that when it's more, like you said, in your body? So it could be a cough or the way you're feeling just generally down so plus the other symptoms. Yeah, so secondary breast cancer <laughs> is when it's no longer contained to the breast and the lymph nodes. So my primary breast cancer diagnosis was um, 
there was obviously the primary tumor in my breast, but it had spread outwards to my armpit and the lymph nodes in my armpit, which is why I got that swelling in the first place. Um, secondary breast cancer means it's spread to it's spread further. It's moved around your body, mm. and it's it that's when it's kind of labelled as stage four incurable. I mean, people are living with stage four breast cancer, mm. so like let's say that you know. But I do think it's important to know that primary breast cancer has different signs and symptoms. Mm. That you know, when I tell everyone to feel it on the first or check their boobs, every, you know, once a month, that's really on the primary side of things. And, right. I guess then there's the whole secondary thing and that would that comes with its own big list of symptoms mm-hmm. and you know things to look mm-hmm. for but I think that that's why it's just so important that if there's any change so if you're noticing something change in your breasts for a long period just go, go get it checked out yeah Absolutely. yeah, yeah. so it's so important just to know you and know your health and just be aware yeah because I guess is with your mother-in-law if she if you said she wasn't to, you know then it, that gave the cancer time to probably go from exactly. an earlier yeah. stage like stage one or stage yeah. two to a later stage which yeah. you know it, in terms of things like Copperfield and what I do it's saying like you've just got much more chance of surviving breast cancer if you're diagnosed early mm. yeah it just gives you it starts you off on you know on the right yeah. path let's say. yeah and this is why I love you, Carly, and, and people like you who are sharing this message about um, checking yourself and, and doing it regularly. Because I remember back in the day when the, this whole checking your breast thing came out, it was like, oh, that's oh no, I don't want to touch myself. Like, that's so weird. Like, why would I do that? But the fact that you're normalising it just makes yeah. it so much more accessible to everyone, especially younger women um, and, and, and men, like anyone with breast tissue, basically, to get involved it's, in doing it. It is that, though. It's that. It's that, And also, it's the age thing of, I went to my old school and gave a talk with a teacher who also had breast cancer. We were talking to sixth formers. It's, it's yeah. that age. Start young. Yeah. Check. As soon as your children get their periods, tell them to, you know, regularly look for any changes. Yeah. Like, it. I kind of knew what to look for. I swear I knew because of Copperfield that I knew that my armpit thing, you know, was something to kind of alert me to and and check out. So I think it's just that, like getting everyone aware and breast cancer isn't this disease that affects only old people. Like it it just doesn't. It affects young women. And that's why Copperfield started by someone diagnosed at 23 who was continuously told that, you know, what she was going to what she was experiencing wasn't breast cancer. It just wasn't even on the radars mm. of people to think it might be. So it is really, really important to get everyone checking. And I think like there's amazing charities that do this. You know, I, I do it and I it's interesting you say that. I, I never had an issue in being like, check your boobs, because I just grew up in a family where maybe it was liberal, maybe there wasn't that kind of thing of like, oh, don't touch. But the more I talk to people and different um cultures and things and it's like oh to break through those barriers you know some people just they they can't do it they find it really hard because of the of the you know the family they grew up in or whatever it is and when someone said that to me I was like oh my god I that I guess that's my privilege right that I just never even thought that it could be some something that's a big deal for people to do so it made me realize like you know to get this messaging get people everyone checking there's a lot of work that needs to be done yeah Yeah, absolutely which is why it's so important that there are like we say all the time representation matters that there are people who look like everyone else spreading the same message so that's really important we're trying to talk about it and 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 make it seem like something that is just the same as brushing your teeth like it's It's so so basic there's there's an amazing woman called Leanne Perro. I don't know if you've come across Leanne Perro. She started Black Women Rising after her own breast cancer diagnosis to kind of, yeah, bring together a community yeah. of people and talk about it and make it much more kind of, I guess, relatable and share stories of, of Black women who have had breast yeah. cancer. Wow. Leanne's amazing. It's really incredible. Oh. So I have lymphedema and I just have it. It's not as a result of, of any cancer treatment or anything. It's just question. Oh, 
Go on. Please, for the listeners and me, simpletons, what is um, <laughs> Lymphedona? Please. Lymphedona. <laughs> yeah, what, what is this? First time I'm hearing. It's so important because I kind of, yeah, I forget that there's words that you only really know if you, if you know about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, so lymphedema is a condition that affects, and Carly, Carly um, like, just set me straight if I'm, if I'm not explaining it properly, but it affects your, um, your lymph nodes. So the white, the, the lymph nodes are responsible for um, pulling the, the white blood cells um, around your body and, uh, yeah, I'll hands up. Science is just not my thing. Like, <laughs> I will share about like checking and you know talk about. I I, I got a bit blood blood obsessed during chemo because they talk a lot about your bloods then. But I know it's something to do with it's the drain. It's the lymph. Your lymphatic yeah. system drains toxins, yeah. Yeah. right? So and. So it's very common with people that have had breast cancer surgery because you have lymph nodes removed from your armpit often. Oh. And when you have, so I have a higher chance of getting lymphedema and see, obviously you've got yeah. it, but not nothing to do with that kind of treatment. No. You've just no. got it from. Just something hereditary, whatever, you know, it's just. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, and l- luckily I've, I was able to catch it quite early on. So I had treatment and a lot of that treatment involved um, wearing compression bandages and, yeah. and stockings and um, so I have it in my leg and I would have to wear these super tight like just think stuff you wear on on flights right to, to prevent yeah. getting oh. and stuff in your legs that's what I would have I to wear but yeah. I know that a lot of um, the patients who would come to see my lymphedema nurse would be cancer patients who exactly as you said yeah. Carly their, their lymph system's not working as it should and one of the questions that I got asked a lot um, by some younger people who have sort of seen my blogs where I'd written about lymphedema was how they're able to carry on once their lymph system isn't working and there's lots of swelling because that's what this is what it does it just makes you swell a lot so you'll have people with really large arms or legs um, because of the, the fact that their lymph's not draining effectively and um, how a young person especially is able to continue wearing fashionable clothes and and just feeling like mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. still a young person that they're still able to I mean uh, so I don't have it um it's something like that can come at any stage after this type of surgery mm-hmm. that I that I've had the the lymph node removal um but it's interesting you say that because on I've forgotten what day we are. Maybe Wednesday. I went to an event and I saw a friend in the in the community, Nina. She's so super cool. Like she dresses amazingly, and she was wearing a black sleeve. And I I didn't realize it was a compression sleeve mm-hmm. until we were talking to someone and she mentioned it. I thought it was just part of her look. <laughs> like she just looks. You know, I thought maybe it was like I don't know. I did. I'm not the most observant person, but then I was like, oh, yeah, there's only one and you don't have the other one on. And But it did, it just looked cool. Um, but I can, un- yeah, I mean, they are like full arm coverage. Mm. So I can imagine it, that must be so hard for people to incorporate into how they want to dress and stuff. I, I, don't, I don't have an answer. I, guess. I just think it's that thing of if it happens and working out what works best for you and how you know you can wear a sleeve and or if you in your case wear it on your legs like and find a fashion that works for you with mm. it I mean mm. it's it's yeah I can imagine it's really hard I'm I, I thought I had lymphedema like maybe towards the end of last year and was you know went went long got checked and I didn't but it's something that you know hangs over right. you a bit and you're like oh I don't like actually today I've got a bit of stiffness I'm like oh what is it is it just normal stiffness could it be the starts like you yeah so it's not something anyone wants. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. But there are ways to work around it, like your friend Nina, who was rocking the. Um, I mean, she just she's just so cool, you know. <laughs> so I think like maybe reach out to someone online who's you know, a star, maybe a stylist would be able to give better tips than me. I I don't know. <laughs> we were uh, talking last yeah. week about um, joining like groups online, like communities, like Facebook yeah. and stuff like that. So. Maybe that would Amazing be one for, for that because, yeah. again, it's about people's experiences and um, p- 
people are living it. They That's might it. have I someone mean, who knows them. I think what you realise, mm. no matter what you get in life or any diagnosis or any, you'll, you've, you end up realising, like like we said, to start with, we all met through like the mummy blogger thing. We've probably all veered off and found different communities yeah. now online whereby I found like the cancer community, which I only probably followed one or two or three people before I was diagnosed. Now it's like pretty much I go on my feed and it's all kind of mm-hmm. cancer related stuff. I've got my like coaching stuff that I follow. So you do, you find like these pockets continuously. So I'm certain there'll be people out there like talking about, you know, these specific things that are helping people. So with the coaching, so one more question. Sorry, because we didn't even speak about that. So is it to do with cancer or is it just wellness in this like, grand scheme of things about being yourself and just being awesome (laughs) I think yeah so basically it's that and I think that I would just I want everyone everyone to know how bloody amazing they are and like that you can face anything in life because I this sounds so cliche and it literally just came to my head because it's my daughter's favorite song but it's hero by Mariah Carey it's like that thing of right the hero is within you Mm -hmm. right and I think that when you go through big life changes or traumas sometimes that can become even more prevalent and you can really connect in with that inner strength um so I guess through sharing and everything that happened with me like and becoming a lot more spiritual and a lot more interested in all of this side of things um and in terms of my own healing as well I was drawn to this course and I thought okay that's going to benefit me it potentially might help me to help others more too and we'll just see where it goes um so yeah, I don't know yet kind of what I'm going to do with it. I'm thinking I would love to eventually help um, people with life after cancer and maybe do like, you know, a workshops yeah. or things like that to get that community um, feeling better because it's very hard after after diagnosis kind of to navigate everything because yeah. you're just thrust into it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just see where it goes. It was so interesting. It helped me anyway. <laughs> amazing well I'm glad it's part <laughs> yeah. of your journey I can't wait to see where it goes yeah <laughs> ah, thank you <laughs> Carly Musa is the co-founder of Keep Em Quiet fun packs aimed at children to keep them entertained during periods of travel rainy days and at weddings she's a breast cancer advocate who lost her mother to breast cancer a decade before Carly herself was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 37 She joins us today to tell us about her incredible journey, surviving the disease, and what she plans to do next. This section is called What in the World? And every week I can't help myself but do some weird generic American accent that's probably really offensive to every single American out there. So all of Carly's LA friends, yeah, just cancel her. Yeah, I love LA, but yeah. That was good. Sorry. So usually we see what's going on in the news, et cetera, um, um, what's going on out there, world of entertainment and stuff. However, I remember way back when there was quite a lot of controversy around um, how brands were um, kind of getting involved with cancer awareness by putting out apparel like the pink T-shirts and the little ribbons and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But to... I guess market that they were just using um, celebrities, they were using influencers who had big follows and names and people like, oh yeah, I like that, I'm going to buy it. But it didn't really have anything to do with the breast cancer community. Um, so in recent years, I have noticed that they've got people who have been either affected themselves personally or by um, friends or family who are getting involved in the marketing and the branding of these um breast cancer t-shirts and stuff so I was just wondering how you feel because you work with Copperfield right I'm not quite sure how then um, I work with I mean I've, I've been involved in the campaign with Future Dreams last last year for Breast Cancer Awareness Month um they're an amazing breast cancer charity providing support Copperfield's more about um an educational charity for signs and symptoms um spreading that message and then I've done quite quite a bit I guess with breast cancer now in terms of supporting them and um my mum I've 
I've had a long relationship with them because even when I was a talent agent, some of my talent used to be involved in the Fashion Targets breast cancer campaigns. Um, So when you talk about this, it's interesting because I I kind of remember that that time as well. And it was just before my diagnosis. Um, And I was kind of, yeah, I think there's a few thoughts that I have. And obviously, they're just my thoughts. Um, Firstly is that for a long time, to get established, charities would use celebrities, right? Because if you're needing to raise money and a celebrity, even if you're just a a fashion label, a celebrity wears your clothes, you're going to sell a hell of a lot Mm. more of that clothing item than if I did walking down the street. And I used to do a lot of charity um, campaigns with my clients where it would often be like that thing of wear a t-shirt, be photographed in a t-shirt, and then people would raise the money. I think a natural thing happened in that social media grew and people started sharing a lot more online. And so then there became the whole thing of influencers. And then also, I guess, people with with experience of cancer mm. getting bigger followings too. Um, so I don't know if it just... if. I feel like there's a mix of both still. I really do. I feel like it's so important to always use use people in, in campaigns that have had experience, that have their stories to share, that have that kind of real connection to it. But I also do get why you have, you know, it's you're trying to raise as much money as possible. And ultimately, we all want there to be a cure for cancer. And that's going to come from science and from research and from clinical trials and so when charities use people to try and you know sell a lot of products they have to have that kind of reach so I get I, yeah I think it's it but I think it's naturally changed as well over the years and it makes so much sense for campaigns to feature real people now yeah. a lot more because real people also have reach too so it kind of it works with both mm. both ways the best mm. of both because yeah like you're saying if it, yeah someone wants to I don't know just raise awareness oh yeah I used to sell cupcakes back in the day so um I'm going off the tangent here a friend of mine (laughs) had um ovarian cancer and at the same time when she passed I had a soap brand and I wanted to um raise awareness and raise money for um ovarian cancer so I had like a teal cupcake soap um but yeah I didn't really have anyone to market it or anything like that so I kind of understand if you're a business you need to wear raise awareness of your business to get out there to make money and then yeah as you said um I think more importantly it's just and as well it's just getting the tone of campaigns Mm. right Uh and you can and that can be hard now because everything is very there's there's a lot of people on social media these days and a lot of opinions and you're not always going to get it right right I guess so what maybe will upset one person maybe someone else wouldn't have realized it was going to upset them so it's just it's just learning and yeah I think everyone anyone that works in charity is trying to do the best for the charity but yeah mistakes get made mm. which we can learn from mistakes are yeah. really bad things. exactly yeah of course yeah. one thing that i am loving seeing and i'm uh, loving seeing is probably the wrong term but um <laughs> i've noticed that uh, more and more there are it, it's becoming commonplace to see women who've had mastectomies double mastectomies mm, just yeah. openly in yeah. campaigns um on primetime television and it's i'm just so glad that we're not making people feel that they need to hide away if this is something that they've had happen to them and that it is acceptable i love seeing it now it's less of a there's certainly less of a taboo i mean some parts of society absolutely there is still taboo around it but it's uh, but the more even anyone shows yeah, that, yeah. the more it, it, yeah. does, it just has a trickle yeah, effect, right? Yeah. So I don't know if, if you saw it recently with the Julia Bradbury documentary and she she very um, closely showed, I think, she, I'm pretty sure she showed her scars after. Ah. It's just, and I, on social media, I follow amazing people that kind of 
always kind of when they're, they're giving their messages to check they're very happy to show their that their mastectomy scars yeah. and they've stayed flat or yeah there's I I, I haven't done any kind of topless but <laughs> I think because I had reconstruction no, 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 I know <laughs> but as in yeah, it's it is that thing actually I, I think about it a lot because I wondered to myself why it is and I think it's because I had reconstruction so they they do look like breasts even though I've got the scars is it that I would be and I don't even want to use the word braver because it's not that it is. It, I can't think of what the word is, but you know, if I was flat, would it be that there's no breast sexual connotations that you mm. feel like you can be like, look, this is it. And so, so I've like showed, I've had some beautiful things like candles with my scars on. So I'm happy to kind of show that or talk about that. They look a bit like the Pokemon's um, image because they do my scars. <laughs> but yeah, it's that it is funny because maybe because I reconstructed to look like breasts, mm. I still feel like it may be that I don't know but then but it's, I, um, I think it's so important that it's all that all that is shown and people do realize yeah and and scars are beautiful mm. they're beautiful I'm I'm learning to love mine and yeah. Yeah, yeah appreciate all that my body's done and it's important to celebrate them definitely and it's everyone's individual journey and you know you don't have to show everything if you don't want to because there are some people that do want to and there's some people that don't and I think I absolutely love seeing people that do I yeah. love it I literally like if you know people have done exhibitions mm. or like exactly. and I, I'm always like oh my god look at all these different beautiful women like yeah amazing uh, and it's authentic as well so just keep on being you keep yeah on being you <laughs> words of advice then each week we ask our guests to offer some words of advice based on their experience, their expertise, their knowledge, all of that good stuff. So, Carly, we've talked a lot about um, cancer diagnosis and um, you've talked about yours and your family and how many members of your family have been affected by it. So our question is, how would somebody who has been given a cancer diagnosis share that information with their family and if they've got young children like you did do how would you recommend or advise them to share it with their, their children too um i mean this is a very hard one because the truth is there's there's just no easy way to prepare someone to hear the words that you're, you've got cancer um and like I think when I when I was looking at the questions and I thought, oh, this question's gonna come up, I was thinking about the messages I sent people to tell them and I couldn't even write the words breast cancer. Like I was kind of like, I I found something and I got checked and it's come back and it is what I was hoping it wasn't. Mm. It was all that kind of like language to get to the point of saying, like, I'm gonna need some treatment. You try and soften it for other people, because I think as the person that's told they got cancer, like you just want to protect the people you love so much. Um, so I guess, I, I, I don't know, because I heard my sister tell me she had it and my mum tell me she had it. You can't prepare anyone for how they're going to react. And that's kind of, I guess that's the biggest advice is you just have to have to tell people how you feel is right for you and your relationship with them and, it, and be prepared. It's going to, like, take their breath away because I have it's probably the hardest thing to talk about is those moments of telling people that I loved because I I just remember their faces still. I remember like hit them, you know, you see the kind of like brain start to work very quickly. Um, and in terms of children, I mean, mine were, mine were only four and six. So I, I did seek advice because I'd worked for a charity called Grief Encounter, which um, helps families bereaved children who have lost parents or siblings I was able to kind of speak to one of the therapists and not because I was ever planning on ever going anywhere <laughs> because that was not my aim but it was very much like you've got experience of how to talk to young children about the hardest topics like is there anything I should know and I just remember her saying you you just be honest but in the, the, the language that's appropriate for their age mm -hmm. um, and I've been sent an analogy about Lego by a friend um, who had said like 
kids can understand it. If you talk about cells and bad cells, it's the Lego just doesn't slot together like it needs mm. to. Um, and that's kind of, and I, so I said, you know, mummy's got, mummy's unwell. She's got some bad cells, um, which means that they're not slotting like Lego pieces slot together. And I'm going to need some really strong medicine, but it's like super medicine. It's going to make me better, but it's going to make me really quite ill whilst getting me better. So it was almost preparing them, you know, but if they'd been older now, like my kids are nine and six, the conversation is different. It's just, so it's going to, and it will continuously be different depending on the ages. You know, one day we're going to have to talk about the BRCA1 gene mutation if they want to be screened for it, because that's going to be a choice that they can take. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I've got huge words of wisdom other than, just, I think, allow people to love you and care for you and know that they're going to be upset, but you don't have to protect them, I think. And it's so much easier said than done because I think even now I still try, and that's why the community is so important because I probably still try and protect my loved ones from worrying too much, yeah. you know. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Oh, so quickly. And I do say, <laughs> so nice to, to talk to you. I'm going to have to just pre-record this bit, but I'm like, oh, you're going to have to come back because we've got more to talk about. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back anytime. Hey. I, as you can tell, I literally, I don't stop <laughs> talking now. I've like, you know, opened up my throat chakra a bit through everything. <laughs> amazing yeah because well we're fellow pisces aren't we yeah. so we've got that yeah. <laughs> i say it that every piscean has that spirit no it's not <laughs> but <I've... laughs> oh brilliant all right thank you so much carly and thank um, you. where can our lovely listeners follow you and um join your community online i instagram's the easiest place mm-hmm. because i haven't like I've done my course, I haven't really got around to getting websites or anything like that yet. So I'm just um, Carly Musa on Instagram. Yeah. And um, where can they find Keep Them Quiet, my dear? That will be Keep Them Quiet on Instagram or, um, as my daughter always says on the videos, www.keepemquiet.com. <laughs> Teresa, you were you were in our first Instagram ad. Actually, you helped us out with the first Instagram ad. Remember that? You remember? I I remember it. If Sweetie doesn't, I remember. Yeah, me. (laughs) Yeah, we put together some clips of of people. Kind of, I just I think because we'd met and we were chatting, I was like, "Will you send us a clip?" Oh my gosh! You remember now? You can dig it out. That is in a time box. I call it my ADHD brain, somewhere at the back. And I'm going to be doing okay. something totally unrelated. I'm going to have to be concentrating, and that memory is going to pop out, and I'll be like, ah, okay. Yeah, I remember it now. <laughs> so, yeah, please don't take that personally. Yeah. I am a. No way. <laughs> Just great grateful you did it back then and I think oh, I don't even know if we still it still ever goes out but yeah oh, brilliant. well I <laughs> was like screaming kids <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar I've got a holiday yeah. coming up so maybe you might um, have to come around and um, yeah click 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 on that www.keepingquiet.com yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely thank you thank you so much Carly and thank we will you bye. follow your journey take care Bye. Take care. Bye. Women Who Rebrand is available on your favourite podcast platforms, including Acast, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Overcast. You can find guest information, recommendations and links on our blog, womenwhorebrand.com. <laughs>